Okay, well, welcome back, everyone, for the second part in this series on the topic of burnout. So now that we understand the connection between burnout and stress, what's the connection between burnout and depression? Well, the two share a number of similar symptoms, things like fatigue, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, physical symptoms, appetite changes, and irritability. Depression is nearly always present in cases of burnout, but the depression that's associated with burnout is different than a diagnosable case of major depressive disorder. Because the depression that occurs in the context of burnout will usually always be resolved when the burnout itself is resolved. So one way to look at the type of depression that happens in the context of burnout is that it's actually quite functional and adaptive. What happens is this. The body produces a state similar to depression in which the low mood, disinterest in regular activities, and fatigue is designed to produce a state of lethargy that allows a person's mind and their body to heal from being overstressed. Over the years, it happened so often that people would come to my counseling office saying they'd been diagnosed with depression, perhaps by their physician and given medication or some other treatment regime for depression. But the larger issue that wasn't fully assessed or considered at the time is that the individual might actually be experiencing burnout. So if you or someone you know is experiencing burnout, how is burnout treated? Well, the good news is that treating burnout is quite simple and straightforward. The bad news is that it can feel really difficult to implement the treatment plan because it's usually so counterintuitive to how a person has been living or the habits that they've been cultivating up to this point in their lives. The first step to treating burnout is taking time to rest. The actual amount of time needed to step away from work depends upon a lot of factors, but in moderate to severe um, cases of burnout, usually a good minimum starting point is four to six weeks. And that's both to rest, decompress, and disengage, and also to begin to focus on self-care and really changing unsustainable habits. And this is really a hard transition for someone who's used to going all the time or working long hours or pushing themselves continuously beyond their limits. They can feel really guilty or restless or anxious or uncomfortable in this beginning stage of treatment. At the same time, focus needs to be brought to the basics of self-care. So what does self-care look like? Well, as I go through this basic checklist of healthy self-care practices, I want you to check off those areas that you're already succeeding in. And then I want you to consider those areas that you need to start working on or paying attention to. So let's look at the physical area of self-care. And that includes things like sleeping eight to 10 hours a night, healthy nutrition, regular exercise, getting your annual physical exam, 
getting your dental care done each year, all those basics to keep our bodies functioning in a healthy state. Mentally or emotionally, when we talk about self-care, we're talking about things like taking regular breaks throughout our workday or setting boundaries on the length of your workday, being aware of stress levels and being intentional to keep your stress levels as low as possible. Another aspect of mental self-care is taking mental health breaks by engaging in our hobbies or doing some reading or recreation, those things that you enjoy and bring renewed passion to your life. And it also includes being attuned to thoughts, paying attention to rising levels of depressed or anxious or angry or hopeless thoughts, and recognizing these as important indicators that you might be um, feeling more burned out than usual. Relationally, aspects of self-care include things like investing in a healthy marriage, healthy family relationships, healthy friendships, cultivating friends or fun or connections outside of work or your ministry role, having transparent and accountable supports in your life, people that you can talk with honestly and share the real you, and navigating tensions and conflicts in the workplace in a proactive manner rather than letting things build up and become unmanageable. Spiritual self-care practices are also really important. And these include things like our daily spiritual practices of prayer, scripture, worship, silence and stillness before the Lord, going on regular spiritual retreats throughout the year, and freshness, growth, and vitality in our spiritual experiences and practices. You know, not just doing the same thing um, again and again, but mixing it up and following the leadership of God's Spirit in doing that. Okay, so not only is focusing on self-care a really important part of the treatment plan for recovering from burnout, but self-care also helps to prevent burnout from happening in the first place. And then in terms of recovering from burnout, well, once our energy levels begin to recalibrate, then it's time to focus on the underlying issues that contributed to the burnout in the first place. And usually there's a combination of factors involved. Things like learning constructive ways of dealing with conflict, or learning new ways of handling stress. It can also include exploring personal or family messages about work that are detrimental. You know, for most of us, our beliefs about work are informed by our upbringing, and it's important to examine the messages that we received from our family about work. It can also include exploring spiritual beliefs that can be barriers to healthy change. Ideas like rest isn't godly or, you know, because I'm in ministry, I need to be working all the time. And learning about healthy boundaries and how to say no in order to prevent becoming overcommitted. And this is where a great Christian counselor or Christian psychologist can be so helpful to support you in exploring any underlying factors that have contributed 
to the burnout you may be experiencing. For a long time, burnout was just seen as the employee's problem, something they needed to fix with more self-care or by doing Pilates or getting more sleep to survive in this rat race of life. And we've learned over the years that teaching employees time management can help. Tailoring one's job to align with interests can help. Finding social support can be useful. But key research over the past two decades demonstrates that none of these strategies will ever be successful if they're placing all the responsibility on the employee. So what do we do? Well, throughout the pandemic, companies and organizations have been trying different things. Some closed down for a week or two with the sole purpose of giving their employees a break to combat burnout. Others launched pilot programs with some employees voluntarily taking a small pay cut, but keeping their full benefits while working 30 hours a week. Other companies are working towards eliminating 30% of their meetings just to give employees time away from Zoom. But can canceling a few Zoom meetings and giving people an extra week of vacation really cure severe burnout? Well, the studies are still out on that question, but I would say that prevention is always the best cure. So what does prevention look like in our workplaces, our ministry settings, and in our individual lives? Another research study in the area of burnout was done by John Angerer and his team who searched for the main factors that were the most significant in preventing burnout. And they discovered four factors in preventing burnout. Number one, awareness and education. So the more that we can make it normal to discuss burnout and toxic workplace culture in our workplaces, the more that's gonna help prevent burnout from happening in the first place. We wanna create awareness in our workplaces that burnout is real, that it actually happens, what the warning signs are, and how it can be prevented. We wanna educate ourselves and those in our workplaces or ministry settings about burnout. We can do that by listening to podcasts, reading books on the topic, or having knowledgeable presenters speak about this issue. Secondly, having a clear sense of mission and clear goals and roles in our workplaces and in our individual lives helps to prevent burnout. In our workplaces, we wanna generate discussion about the mission behind our work or our ministry regularly. And we wanna encourage employees to evaluate the mission and whether we're actually staying on task with the mission and what that looks like. And this bigger picture really helps connect people with purpose and focus in their daily work lives. Friedrich Nietzsche, a German philosopher said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And the idea is that when people know why they're doing something, when they have purpose and vision, they can endure through the, the short-term challenges that will inevitably come on the road to fulfilling that bigger mission. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs, where there's no vision, people perish. 
As an individual, it's also important to step back from our busy lives from time to time and evaluate, what are my life goals? Am I still aligned with those? Have I gotten off track from the mission that I believe that God has called me to? And where do I need to refocus with God's help? I remember learning years ago when I was doing a lot of traveling that an airplane, even if it's just one degree off course, it's not going to reach its intended destination. In fact, it's going to reach a very different endpoint. And it's the same in our own lives. God has a call and a purpose for our lives. And if we don't regularly check in with Him as our captain, well, we can just end up getting off course and heading in a direction He never intended in the first place. A third factor that helps to prevent burnout is time management. And what I mean by that is to keep our workplace cultures healthy, it's important that we communicate clearly with employees and ministry personnel about boundaries and limits on work and ministry involvements in a day, a week, a month. Talk clearly about what the expectations are. I had one client I worked with a number of years ago who served in a Christian ministry and they had worked with this organization for about seven years before they landed in my office, burned out and physically unwell. And I asked this person what I thought was just a really simple question, how many hours a week were, were you expected to work? And they didn't know the answer. Even seven years into their work with this organization, they had been averaging 60 to 70 hours a week, and they had no idea what the organization expected in terms of weekly work hours. So, so time management is a real key to preventing burnout. On an individual level, consider, are you leaving room in your daily and your weekly schedule? Margin goes such a long way to reducing stress and decreasing burnout. You know, allowing that five to 10 extra minutes in the morning, taking your coffee breaks, new, using your noon hours in a way that rejuvenates you and demonstrates healthy self-care. Spending time each day step, stepping away from the intensity of work and taking a few moments to connect with God's Spirit can be all that's needed to bring some freshness and some margin into your daily workday. Well, these simple habits go a long way in cultivating more of the easy yoke that Jesus referred to in Matthew 11 when he said, are you tired? Are you worn out or burned out on religion? Well, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Well, sometimes it can feel like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. But you know what? We aren't. Jesus actually did carry the weight of the world, world on his shoulders. And he's the one saying to us, walk with me 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I'm doing it. So I think there's something important there that we need to pay attention to. And the fourth factor that helps to prevent burnout in our workplace cultures is having supportive services in place for employees and ministry staff. Things like mentoring programs or supervision times, um, debriefing meetings where people can share in a safe, supportive environment what they're experiencing and what's happening for them. Counseling services or good healthcare insurance plans and benefits. I once heard that great managers ask their staff these three key questions every week. How are you? What are the highs and lows of this week? And what can I do to make next week easier? Well, even if your employer or boss doesn't ask you those questions, from a self-leadership standpoint, those are great questions to ask yourself each week and pay attention to your answers. For Christ followers, God has given us a built-in way to help prevent burnout. It's called Sabbath rest. And it's not the only thing that we need to include in our lives to prevent burnout, but it's an important element that if we're truly incorporating it into our lives, it can go a long way in helping to prevent burnout. Peter Schizero in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, talks about the importance of Sabbath rhythms to refuel and recharge us. He writes this, we stop on Sabbaths because God is on the throne, ensuring, assuring us that the world will not fall apart if we cease our activities. Life on this side of heaven is an unfinished symphony. We accomplish one goal and then immediately are confronted with new opportunities and challenges. But ultimately, we will die with countless unfinished projects and goals. And that's okay. God is at work taking care of the universe. He manages quite well without us having to run things. When we're sleeping, He's working. So He commands us to relax, to enjoy the fact that we're not in charge of this world, that even when we die, the world will continue on nicely without us. Every Sabbath rest reminds us to be still and know that He is God, and to stop worrying about tomorrow. Well, I hope this information has been helpful to you. If you're experiencing burnout or you think you may be on that path, I encourage you reach out to a counselor or psychologist who has experience in this area. Talk with them about it and just learn some ways to make some helpful changes. You can search for Christian counselors and psychologists on sites like Psychology Today or Theravive. There are also some helpful books on this topic. I mentioned Peter Schizero's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He's also written a book, Emotionally Healthy Leader. Dr. Henry Cloud has written a series of books, The Boundaries Books. They are excellent. Mark Buchanan has written a book called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring Sabbath. 
Dr. Stephen Berglis has written a book, Reclaiming the Fire, How Successful People Overcome Burnout. And Allie Worthington has written a great book called Breaking Busy. If you're a pastor, a ministry leader, or elder or overseer, stay tuned for our third and final series as I'm gonna talk more specifically about burnout in ministry. To the rest of you, thanks everyone and take great care.